What's going on, podcast listeners? It is the Questions Hip Hop Trivia Podcast on Stony Island Audio Network, and I am your host, Sean Kantrowitz. We are back with another episode from the archives. I know this is two back-to-back weeks of classic episodes of the Questions Hip Hop Trivia from our live stream episodes. I've been a little busy. I've been pretty occupied with a project I'm working on that I cannot talk about at this point. How's that for mystery? So, luckily, we have a healthy, thriving back catalog of episodes of the questions that we can dive into and release for your listening pleasure, but be on the lookout soon for some more new episodes, some more new formats of episodes, and uh, exciting news all about. The questions came back to doing a live show. We did a live show uh, earlier this month, and it was the first live show that we had done since before the lockdown. It was in Los Angeles, and it was cool. And it was kind of weird, too. So I don't know. Maybe we'll be getting back to doing more of those soon. You can definitely keep up to... You can definitely keep up with all of the happenings and things that are going to be going on with us by visiting questionshiphop.com. From there, you will find links to our YouTube, our social media, our Patreon, maybe even a link to this podcast itself. But you probably don't need that if you're listening to it right now. But what you do need to do, if you've been listening to those episodes, I implore and ask and request that you subscribe, leave a five-star review, and also leave us a little comment. Leave us a review if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app. It really helps, and uh, I don't think it's that much to ask. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Anyway, today's episode is episode 111. It was recorded on September 9th, 2021, and it features none other than producer and DJ extraordinaire Static Selecta. Static cut his teeth in the hip-hop scene of Boston in the early 2000s, and after that, he made the move to New York, and he kicked off a prolific run of records and production credits. Talking about collaborative projects with Action Bronson, Rex, Bun B, Paul Wall, Currency, Freeway, Terminology, the list goes on. And then also he's got a whopping nine albums under his own name, featuring some of hip hop's elite MCs. It was really great talking with him. He had a lot of cool stories because he is definitely somebody who makes a lot of connections and he really can speak a lot about his experiences with most of the major players in the game. So, you know, that leads to a lot of great anecdotes and sort of sidebar discussions, along with, of course, the main gist of the show, hip hop trivia. Anyway, that's enough of this intro. We're going to get right into it. The questions, hip hop trivia, episode 111. It's a throwback with Static Selecta. Who did it first? Who did it best? Who did it worst? That's the question.
first round is our general uh, multiple choice round. It is called The Choice is Yours. Stats select in the house. Here we go. Question number one. Which of these Wu-Tang Clan members was the first to drop a solo album after the group's debut, Enter the 36 Chambers? Yo, it's funny because I just looked at the TV and it literally says Wu-Tang American Saga. <laughs> I was just watching the new uh, season. Nah, that's easy, man. Met the men. We didn't plan that, folks. This is just serendipity. He says nah, Met the I, I don't need a, a TV show to tell me that one. Like, I was there. I was outside. He was there. He was outside, and he's absolutely right. Method Man. Uh, so, yeah, you you uh, have it in the background, and there's a few different connections there. Obviously, you know, you've worked with many members of the Wu-Tang. You worked with uh, Joey Badass, who was on the first season of uh, Wu-Tang. What do you think of that Wu-Tang show? It's cool, man. It's, it's obviously uh, very sensationalized. There's a lot of exaggerations and all that, but I, I like it, man. I like the way they, they take the rhymes and make it into, like, parts of the episodes and all that. But it's funny because I just shot a video with uh, Dave East and Nimlo. It's off a project I got with Nimlo coming real soon. And in the video, I just seen the first color video. The first record he pulls out, we're in a record store. And the first record he pulls out is Method Man. And Dave's, like, looking at it like, oh, that's crazy because, you know, he plays him in the show. Right. So and my, yeah. my daughter's in the video, too. So when I started watching the Wu show earlier, she sees it. She's like, oh, I was just with him. I'm like, yeah, like she's so smart. So shout out to Method Man, who I just did a song with this week as well. And Dave East and Joey. Joey's no longer on the show, though, because uh, he's on power now. So he I saw that. Him. Yeah. I saw they, they were switching up. I got to go back and revisit because, you know, at the time that season one came out, it was right around the same time that the Showtime documentary came out. And I was kind of like, I, I love the documentary. And then like the, the Hulu show was something completely different. And I think I was like more. For that too. I'm connected to it in like every way possible. <laughs> you, you are in the 36th chamber. You, you, you are yeah. absolutely there. Have you ever, you know, you, you said you've done a video, like you've done lots of videos and obviously, you know, Joey did, uh, you know, Hulu, the Hulu show, and now he's doing power. Have you ever, is there a world in which Stat Select gets his uh, acting swag on? Have you ever thought about that? I've acted in, in a lot of different things. Uh, not, not a movie yet, but I've been in, um, from TV to videos, like just here and there, very, very seldomly, but I've done it. All right. And is it is it comfortable or do you kind of like it because yeah, it pushes cool. you out of your comfort zone? It's cool. I just don't want to be like playing. Like if I ever was to act, I want to like play somebody. I don't want to play myself. A lot of hip hop artists get caught playing themselves, like literally <laughs> playing, not like playing themselves disrespectfully, but like playing a character that's them in real life anyway, you know? Right, right. So don't play yourself by playing that's yourself. That's why I'm so proud of Joey, man. The way he's doing his role in power, like... You know, he's playing a, a drug lord from a time before he was even born, and he's killing it, man. I'm really proud of him. Yeah, he's he's absolutely killing it. You're right. All right, we're going to move on to the second question. Doing well so far. Question number two. In 2003, this underground rapper sought to bring balance to the game with an album that had the same name. Was it Acrobatic, David Banner, KRS-One, or Shabazz the Disciple? I believe Acrobatic. He says acrobatic. He's thinking about it. Uh, let's see if he's correct, folks. Acrobatic is correct. I did three team for that album. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, I brought this up. I kind of had to throw this in. We had to give a nod to the, the Boston roots. Uh, what, you know, what was it like at that time? Were you living in Boston still at that time? Uh, yeah, 2003, I actually was my last year there. Um, but if I'm correct, the the song with Ill Minds on there, Remind My Soul. Remind My Soul, yeah, that was his like. That's, 
probably his that's biggest the first time i've ever heard illmind and that's my favorite acrobatic song of all time that's actually one of my favorite boston hip-hop records of all time yeah i mean he's great i know that he's kind of been less uh, active in recent years i know he's done teaching and stuff like that there's obviously been a slew of great talent to come out of boston i'm sure that you know you could speak on that a bunch but uh what you know I'm assuming you kind of felt like you had to make the move to New York, but by that point, right? Like it was just, yeah, I, I, I hit my glass ceiling in Boston. Um, in 2003, I felt like I just hit it. Like, um, I felt like I did everything I could have done there as far as, uh, DJing and like putting stuff out. I think like New York, New York was actually the goal to begin with. And, um, my last year of high school, I decided to go to school in Boston, you know, college and, um, it is what it is, part of the story, but New York was always the goal. Yeah, well, it worked out. Things worked out. Um, all right, we're going to move on to question number three. Kanye West recently featured Marilyn Manson on his Donda album, but he's not the first rapper to collaborate with the disgraced shock rocker. Who was the first? Was it ASAP Ferg, DMX, Eminem, or Gucci Mane? I'm going to say Eminem. But the DMX is a maybe, but I think it's Eminem. All right. They all, believe it or not, they all have worked with Marilyn Manson. All, I, I'm not making any of these up. They, okay, he's been yeah, on all their projects. But so he's saying, going, who's like the, said, first? Was the first? Yeah, the first to do it. Eminem. He's saying Eminem. Let's see what the answer is. Believe it or not, Stat, the answer is actually DMX. Off the second album, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. Um, that's fine. I mean, you know, Marilyn Manson uh, trivia is not something that we all need to be super up on these days anyway. I'm not a big fan of uh, Marilyn Manson, period, so it's all good. What's your take, or do you even have a take, on all of the, the big albums? I don't even have to refer to them, but the big albums that everybody's talking about right now. Is that stuff, you know, as a DJ and as somebody who's tapped into this culture, how much do you sort of feel like you have to check for this stuff? And oh, it's it, my responsibility. Your responsibility. Absolutely. So, so you, you, excited, like, you I got excited about, uh, about really everything that's been coming out, but, um, you know, I think Kanye's album layout was real interesting. I've seen him do so many different things to get people's attention. And this one, um, it, it unfolded cool. I, I liked seeing the records go through different phases. Um, the, the Drake album is, you know, I think a better album, but yeah. Kanye got some records on there. Um, Neither one of them am I excited about the way that I would get for like a Kendrick or, a, um, a, you know, obviously a Hover and Nas. I was way more excited for Nas than anything. And, you know, shout out to Hit Boy. It was a dope album. Yeah. And there's kind of whispers and rumblings of the fact that we are getting a Kendrick album soon. No, like, we are. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Is that, yeah. That, my, my I actually hopes had an opportunity still high. to link up with Kendrick last night and I, uh, I, had to, I was on my daddy duty, so I, I, I didn't get to do it, but... <laughs> You know, we make sacrifices to, to do the, the right thing, but I want to connect with Kendrick ASAP. Like, he's one of my favorites. So, and we've, yeah. we've, I've known Kendrick since 2000, maybe eight. I've known him for a long time. So oh, wow. Early. Hopefully, he, he's on my bucket list of people that I haven't necessarily. And I've done a, I did a Black Hippie record, but he was the only one that wasn't on it. Ah, the one that got away, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that, that new video he just dropped with Keem. That really, really dope. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to move into question number four here. Question four, which of these breakfast cereals does not get referenced by LL Cool J in Mama Said Knock You Out song, Milky Cereal? Was it Cheerios, Frosted Flakes, Grape Nuts, or Lucky Charms? I would say Grape Nuts. 
He says grape nuts. You remember the song, like, but are you a guy who, who remembers all the lyrics or is this more of like a deductive reasoning thing? Um, I'm doing deductive right now, but I, I definitely remember the song. All right. He says grape nuts. So we're going to actually hear and listen what got mentioned in the song. Frosted Flakes. Cheerios was mentioned. Lucky Charms. So Grape Nuts is correct. Deductive reasoning for the win. Uh, shout out to songs about cereal. You know, I mean, he, he was talking about it. You know, he, he, it wasn't just about cereal, but. Especially back then, ain't no rappers talking about grape nuts. You know, it's not a it's not a thing to talk about in hip hop. Probably still not a thing to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I mean nowadays, God knows someone put their single out and called grape nuts. Who knows what's going on nowadays? But back maybe then, they will. Maybe maybe we'll be able to get some publishing on that now if they saw this first. <laughs> we can, you know, first single off my new album. <laughs> are you a big cereal guy? Are, are you fuck with nah, cereal? I'm really not. But shout out to Reese's Puffs, man. We just did a whole campaign where. You can make beats with their cereal boxes now, and I got this sampler. It's crazy. They made oh, yeah. Beat. I saw Hit Boy had that, right? Like, did- yeah, it was me, Hit Boy, um, Jetson made, and I believe Tanache did a clip with it. And is it its own proprietary thing, or is it like a reskinned like MPC or something like that? No, it's its its own thing. It's, oh, wow. I've never seen – like the buttons are literally – it's not even set up like any other sampler, but that buttons are literally like pieces of cereal, like rubber pieces of cereal. <laughs> what? It's pretty crazy. Are they trying to get into the beat making game or is this just like I a was, they were doing a giveaway and I think they want people to download the app where they, people can make beats with the cereal uh there's a ser- literally on the back of the cereal box you can line your phone up and it's like augmented reality where you have a beat machine. It's pretty dope. Shout out to Reese's Puffs. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, we started this part saying that there would never be a song about grape nuts and now we're talking about using the Reese's uh the beat machine. So you never know, right? Uh, All right. Well, yep. doing well so far. We're going to move on to our second round. And the second round is called Picasso, baby. Oh, but before we do, before we do, we, we had some questions. I forgot about this. We, we, we got questions from people. So I'm going to sprinkle them in throughout the game here. So we have a word up. Q asked us, uh, Boston or New York hip hop. This kind of plays back to what we were talking about earlier. What, what, what's your preference? I mean, all that's, Everything that influenced me to even get into hip hop at an age before I even knew there was Boston hip hop was New York hip hop. So New York is the home of it. Obviously, I love Boston hip hop. Um, you know, it's it's my heart. But New York hip hop is the and you could ask me any other place in the world, too. And the answer would be New York, you know. Yeah, I mean, New York is sort of the mecca. It's where it all came from. If you- anyone from Boston that ever did it went to New York to get on, from Ed OG to, you know, everybody who ever did it, especially the early ones. Like, shout out to all the pioneers. Uh, if you had to, like, summarize what Boston hip-hop, like, what characterizes Boston hip-hop, how would you describe it for somebody who wouldn't know? It's a prideful thing. I mean, you know, we, we are, we're a city that's not too far away from New York, but it's like, um, you know, we always have that struggle of getting the respect in New York. So the artists that really did go from Boston to get that respect in the magazines and be in the source and XXL and be on MTV and BET and just get that respect to be on, you know, Stretch and Bobito back in the day. And then later on Future Flavors and Hot 97 and just everything is like, that's the stepping stones of, of doing it, like really doing it. And, um, 
you know, I think the, the same way Boston is with their sports teams, they are with their artists. And it's just, we're very prideful of it, man. And like, there's just so many things that separate Boston from the rest of the, the East Coast, from the food to the attitude to the, you know, like I said, pride. So shout out to the whole Beantown. Yep. Shout, shout out to Boston. Shout out to all the dope artists from there. Uh, all right. We're going to move into our second round. Second round is called Picasso, baby. So in this round, I'm going to show you a small piece of an album cover and you have to identify what the album is by the little piece of it that you see. Let's go. It's a bright red background with a tan disembodied hand in the center. What album is this? Is it Dr. No's? by Oh No. Is it Rock Marciano's Marcy Boku? Is it Murs and the Grouch, These Hands, or is it Step Brothers, Lord Steppington? It's definitely not Step Brothers. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with Rock Marciano. He's going to Rock Marciano. And it's a good thing that he- I know it looks familiar. Uh, you you worked with Rock Mars uh, before. Yeah, of course. What uh, what what is it like working with him? Because uh, he's he seems like he has such a like sort of weird mystique and like he, he's like yeah. Almost, you know what I'm telling? Like he's very very picky with uh, beats and all that. Like I, he's come through and I've played him a bunch and we. I think to this day we only have like three songs together, but mm. um. You know, we spent a lot of time together out at rap camp when Alchemist used to do that at his crib. So it would be like me, uh, Action, Freddie Gibbs would come through, Mac Miller, Rest in Peace, would come through. Um, you know, Rock would be there. And it's funny because the first song I ever did with Conway, just me and Conway, is called um, Birdie. And that beat I made for Rock while he was there at Alchemist's spot. So mm. it's funny that years later, you know, he didn't use it. And the Conway heard it and just went in on it. So... That that I always you know credited Rock for that because he he heard me making the beat and was like use that use that so um but me and Rock have known each other for many many years and you know I, I respect the lane that he you know pretty much created the lane that all these guys are in now like the whole new wave of rap so I love right. it man shout out to Rock kind of for lack of a better term you know like I like to say it's like the the drumless hip hop you know like like yeah, yeah. don't need drums which I used to really I mean, irk to me, me. The, the first the, yeah the first people doing that to me were um you know like Rizza and Muggs and Muggs did it early but I feel like sure. with, with Ka shout out to Ka from Brownsville him and Rock Marcy like brought it to another stratosphere you know and then Alchemist really mastered it as well and then now we got Griselda and what Ransom's doing and what all these people, you know, there's just a whole new wave of it. And Rock Marcy is the, the blueprint to that. As a producer, is that, or was that difficult for you to sort of embrace? Because so much of what defines hip hop production is like the, the banging drums, yeah. right? The, the drums that I mean, really knock. I'm, I'm a drum. I'll always use drums. I probably, out of thousands of beats I've made, probably like less than 10 have no drums and that's that's even pushing it like i i I use drums on everything so it's just you know i come from a pete rock primo q-tip mentality so i always have drums in my and you know if if, if it's gonna have the certain funk to it it's gonna have drums but you know the way they turn into a whole new art form is amazing so i respect it right yeah it's definitely it's definitely something different it is to be respected for sure and like it's cool to see yeah you're right even though rock didn't necessarily like innovated he definitely helped you know carry the flag he turned into a lane like he he brought it to a certain level where it became a whole 
new wave in hip hop. He made the wave. Totally. Absolutely. All right, we're going to move on to our second question. It's a close-up of a black and white photo of a face with an eye and an eyebrow right at the edge of the photo. What album is this? Is it High Tech, High Technology 2? Is it Joe Budden, Halfway He knows right away. What, what am I doing? I'm trying to ask Stat about fucking High Tech albums. High Technology 2. The Chip. Um, what's your favorite High Tech beat? Gun to your head. A good question. Um, I think <sighs> I'd be dead already. Um, my favorite <laughs> high tech beat would probably be Respiration, maybe. Or I mean, the blast is like an easy answer. I love the blast. Right, blast is up there. Um, yeah. I love picks. the whole Reflection Eternal first album. I love um, the the first Reflection single. The first Reflection Eternal single, that's one of my favorites. Um, what was it called? Uh, the 2000 ding, 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 ding. Uh, Fortified Live. Fortified oh, Fortified Live. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love High Tech. I love both of his solo albums. Um, on that album particularly, I love Music Is Life or Nas. And what, just what an incredible producer and I, I hope to hear more high tech's actually a good friend of mine and anytime i reach out for anything he holds me down but i, I would love to hear more high tech music so also low-key kind of has produced the most popular anderson pack song in his career like people yeah. kind of forget that, well, well, that yep, he'd yep, come down yep. Um, yeah, he's had an incredible run, obviously, from the raucous era to, you know, his work, you know, in Aftermath and, you know, Don some Jeff of the more major label stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. Uh, was, I imagine you mentioned Pete Rock earlier, so I imagine he would be one of the influences too. But, like, who were the people that you sort of looked to for inspiration when you were creating, uh, you know, and putting out your own albums? Like, the producer album is something that has existed for a while, but there's so many, you know, there's a lot of people who have done it, but it's not that super common. So who are the, you know, what are the records that to you are, like, the blueprints for you? I'm not even going to say I had a producer to look up to the, for that. Um, even, you know... I'm a producer DJ, so it's different. It's like, right. I think I approach things are different. Obviously, um, Pete Rock, Soul Survivor, was like a game changer in my life. Uh, even though he didn't produce the whole album, Tony Touch first album was like, his all his albums, but his first album particularly, Tony Touch changed the whole game with The Peacemaker. Um, yeah. That is right there for me. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, this kind of like actually... It's kind of Khaled more like almost a, a DJ perspective from you too, like like yeah. almost as much like a mixtape so than right just like a producer. I was working on my first album. Khaled's actually on my first album, but hmm. right at the same time, it was like I was going down to Miami a lot, and you know, watching Khaled go from you know this radio club guy in Miami to having these hit singles, and throughout both of our discography, you know, he has, I think he has 10 albums or 11 albums on now. I'm, I'm yeah. working on my 10th one now, as far as, you know, separate from all the collaborations, but I always kind of was like the grimy version of what he was doing. You know, I produce and mix and master all my shit. It's, it's a lot different, the process, but um, sure. I always, it's more about the hustle of getting all those artists on a project. Khaled is like one of the illest to ever do that, especially with the, the names he gets. So shout right. out to Khaled, Tony, Tony Touch definitely influenced Khaled, um, Funk Flex, but Funk Flex was playing a lot of records on his albums that were 
like old school records. So it's different. Tony yeah. Touch was the first one to me to drop a whole album like that with all those people. Like I would, Tony Touch is the answer to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are some good picks. And, you know, people, I think it's Khaled is an easy target at this point because he is so like big and commercial, but a lot of people don't know that Khaled was, was, and, and still is, but maybe not in the public the eye, like, a legit DJ or the real deal. Yeah. Absolutely. I was in Florida he, at the, the time. Hustle alone, he might have the illest hustle in the history of hip hop. Like for real Khaled, just, he's a genius, man. So shout out to him. And he's a, a real genuine person too. Like he's not, one of these industry cats that gets on camera and smiles and all that and off camera. He's, he's like that. He's really that dude. Like I watched it from yeah. day one. I remember him, he pulled up in a brand. We were at the uh, make it rain video shoot fat Joe's record. And, um, Khaled's like, he pulls up in this baby blue Bentley. He's like, yo, I just got this. This is my first Bentley. He's like, get in. It's just me and him in the car. And we're driving <laughs> around a, a, a movie lot. And he's like, let me play you the song, man. He's like, I'm about to take over the game. And he played We Taking Over, the, the joint with Akon and Little Wayne on. And he, he's like, bro, watch what I'm about to do. And here we are, man. He did it. Like, he didn't just, he, you know, it, it's hard to put out album after album and haul at, you know, over 20 artists on every album, 30, 40 on some. It's like Khaled never stopped, man. You, you got to respect it. You got to respect the hustle. Even if you don't like this, the sound or the style, you have to respect it. Absolutely. Yeah. Great points. All right. We're going to move on to the final question in our second round. It's something of a light white brick wall with speakers built into it. There's like subwoofers and tweeters. What album is this? Is it Talib Kweli, Prisoner of Consciousness? Soul Gangsta Position. He says the owners, he's going right for it. I could have, you didn't even have to put the options. <laughs> you just instantly recognize those speakers. Um, favorite Gangstar album. I worked that. Favorite Gangstar album. My favorite Gangstar album is by far Moment of Truth. Hmm. There's, I mean, you can't be mad at anybody for picking in the pool of like, you know, the 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 three to four. You know. I mean, the top three and four is Moment of Truth, Hard to Earn, Daily Operation. I would put the owners up there, but a lot of people would say Step in the Arena. Yeah. I mean, it's Gangstar, man. Like, it's the blueprint. That last album that they put out last year uh, or maybe two years ago, that wasn't bad either, especially for a, a posthumous well, album. I, the way that I heard those records come together, like Primo would call me and play me three or four at a time, and I'd just be like, it, it was so reminiscent of the way I was hearing the Tribe records. Like Q-Tip, one day I pulled up to his crib and I thought he was going to play me uh, his album that he was working on, that he's still working on. And he starts bringing up the channels on the, he got this big, you know, SSL board and all of a sudden Fife starts rapping and I'm like oh man it felt like a truck hit me I had no clue that was going to happen and I'm like you got a joint with Fife he's like nah bro we finished the album before he passed and my mind was just like and these are like you know Tip is family and I had no clue they were working on it like they kept it so secret man yeah crazy it's incredible. That that's another great album. Um, both of those albums are, are, you know, I think a lot of times posthumous albums have gotten a bad rap because, you know, there was a lot of ones that well, came the before. Wasn't, though. Right, because the they were working. They, it was, was pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, we got some but more Primo questions. Had a real challenge. Yeah. None of those records really... they actually made. Primo had to make those. 
but you know what? He did a damn good job of it because it doesn't sound oh, yeah. hacked together. Um, you're a producer. Obviously, we were going to get some producer questions, I'm assuming, from uh, you know aspiring or, or other producers. So we have questions. What is the best uh, DAW digital audio workstation, in your opinion? And what uh, equipment or gear do you use slash advice to upcoming DJs, producers? What, so take a, give us a little tour on what's in the static bag. What do you use these I'm days? I'm going to answer the second I'm going to answer the second question first because it don't matter what you use. Like everybody has their own thing. Um, I watch people use all kinds of different devices and come up with amazing stuff. So it really, there's no perfect answer to that. It's whatever you're comfortable on and whatever you, a lot of times it's whatever you learn on, you stick to. But my answer to the first question is Pro Tools is by far the best uh, digital audio workstation. And I've been, I've been making beats and everything in Pro Tools since 05. Hmm. And I'm just stuck in it. I know this. I know Ableton does crazier stuff. I know, I know there's so many different things out there, and it's, I'm just stuck in my way. So I, I'm an all Pro Tools dude. Yeah, I mean, it's also about finding what works for you and just and just running with it. Because I know people who do amazing things with things that seem unlikely, and then people who have what's allegedly the best, and you hear it, and it's like, uh, so it's really more about the the artist and the the paintbrush that yeah. they hold. You know, I, um, I see a lot of people. And these like beat ciphers now using the the SP eight oh eight little rolling samplers, and it's funny because yeah. I used to make my my beats with that in ninety eight ninety nine, and the way I was doing it like looping over and over and, and building on it, it was like everybody was looking at me crazy. Every studio I went to, <laughs> and now it's crazy. I go to all these events and everybody's using it. It's crazy. Right. It's always the people who are the first to do things or use them in a different way. Like I remember when like everybody was clowning Ninth Wonder for using a laptop, you know. And that, well, no, they were they were clowning them for using Fruity Loops, not fruity. for the laptop. It was for the right. Fruity Loops. And now, look, everybody's using Fruity Loops. A lot of people, <laughs> it's normal now. Back then, we were like, you use Fruity Loops? Like, I remember right. it like it was yesterday. And look what he did with it. Shout out to Ninth. He's still on it, too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that's a good segue because now we're going into our third round, which is called... My man's still digging in the crates. Digging in the crates. So this is our sample round. I'm going to ask you a question, play you a sample, and you have to tell me the answer regarding the sample. So here we go. Knots by Gentle Giant was sampled on a single by this group in 2016. I'm going to play you the Gentle Giant sample, and you tell me who sampled it. All in all, each man... Run the jewels. He says, "Run the jewels." What? Hear what I say. Run the jewels is correct. You've worked with uh, Run the Jewels. You've had them on at least one of your albums, right, or, or more than one, actually. Two of them? Just one. But I've known <laughs> LP and Killer Mike for a long time. Those are. I'm actually going to do a charity event tonight with uh, LP's company. So shout out to LP. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I mean, what's it been like for you? You've known them both for a while, obviously being in New York for as long as you have. I'm sure you ran in a lot of the same circles as L. Everybody knows Mike's been prolific. Their story is kind of, it's super inspiring, first of all, just to see people kind of change the narrative and break out in a way that I don't think anybody was expecting. Even huge fans of both of them. You wouldn't really expect this turn to have happened, right? Right. I mean... It's amazing. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but L really told me how it all started. And we were on tour in Australia together. Mm. And kind of, we were kind of like the only two that wanted to go out and party and whatever. So we, I think we went to the casino. 
and he broke down to me like the whole story because you know I knew them I knew L very 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 little back in the Def Jux days but I my first placement I was 18 years old fresh out of high school I did scratches on uh on Mr. Lift's album and it was on Def Jux mm. so I was telling L that and he didn't even know that he was bugging out because that was one of the early releases on Def Jux but the way he like kind of lost everything and got you know at, he he was almost like ready to not even do the shit anymore and killer mike asked him to produce an album for him called rap music and the way they came together and just created that sound and turned into a group and it's all about reinvention man they found like another life in it and the way they came back is so crazy because both of them were kind of down and out you know right like mike was down with outcast lp was you know basically lost it all doing this label trying to take care of people and all that and they the way they have the 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 reinventions everything and it reminds me a lot of like with Zarface too with Southern Esoteric and Inspector Deck like right the way those guys found their thing at such an older age is really amazing yeah absolutely and it's a great it's a great inspiration whether you're in music or not that you know you never know what tomorrow is going to bring a lot of times people say you never know what tomorrow is going to bring and they mean that in a heavier way but like also you don't know what's going to happen so you know just keep you know, plugging out your path. I got to rewind though for a second. Which Mr. Lift record did you cut on? Was it the I Phantom or was it the uh, Emergency nah, Ration? Enter the Colossus. It was Enter the Colossus. The, the early shit. Yeah, I did wow. uh, scratches on a song called uh, Pulse Cannon. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Wow, Shop so that was. That was, yeah, man, shout out to Insight. That was that was one of, like, really the first Def Jux releases ever. That's pretty crazy. I think it, yeah, and me and L were bugging out when I told them that. And I remember they spelled my name right. They spelled my name wrong on it, and that's why. That was, like, one of the big reasons I started calling my shit spelled my name right. <laughs> Makes sense. That's crazy. Wow, little nugget, little gem there I didn't think uh, we were even going to touch on. Um, all right, question number nine. The scratched hook on Dilated People's Worst Comes to Worst is taken from this Mob Deep song. I'm going to play you the sample, or the, the Dilated song. What Mob Deep song is it? If I fuck this up, I'm going to be so heated, but I want to say Survival of the Fittest. It's either Shook Ones or Survival of the Fittest. All right. But I'd say survival of the fittest. I usually tell people to go with their guts. So let's see. Uh, let's see what's what here. Absolutely correct. Survival of the fittest. I would be very upset if it was shook ones. Because you know the only reason I, I was hesitant is people never let. I, I know Havoc's whole verse on it, but no one ever lets Havoc's verse play on shook ones. So I was like, right. You know what? It gotta be Survival of the Fittest because everybody plays it more, at least Havoc's verse. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was good good reasoning there. You, I mean, listen, you're a producer. The producers usually do very well on this round. It's the production round. Uh, shout out to everybody on Twitch. Shout out to everybody on YouTube. I see you guys all in the comments. Appreciate you, uh, everybody tuning in. We're getting a little scene change over here with Stat. We, we've got a mobile and I, game. I would get in trouble for having this tattoo if I got that wrong. Oh, yes. <laughs> Incredible. All right. We're going to move on to the, uh, we're going to move on to the final question in this round. Which of these artists was the first 
to sample the amazing rhythm aces, a jackass gets his oats drum break. I will play you the drum break in question. You have to tell me who sampled it first. I believe you've touched that those drums before. Yeah, is it Ghostface One? Are you saying what? No, is it Ghostface the song One? I can't confirm or deny stat. This is you know we, we've got. We've no, got... I'm saying I'm going with that. I'm going with that. Oh, you're going with Ghostface. Okay, got it. All right. Well, we're gonna take a little uh, trip back in time. We're, we're going reverse order. So all these artists used it. First up, we had in 2008 on his album. DJ Muggs. Planet Asia use it for Next up. 1999. We had Arsonist on their song Venom from the first album. Finally, in 1998. On the song Milk the Cow, Capadonna. Which means that the first to use it in 96 on the song Fish. We eat fish. So I got it, but I had the wrong song, but that wasn't part of it. Yeah, it's fine. We, we don't penalize for guessing the wrong song. Um, Hold on, I'm having a little mic issue. My mic, my mic's bugging out for a second here. Um, we're gonna go into one final question for you before we hit the final round. This is something that we were talking about on uh, Instagram today. Name a sample in a hip hop song that led you to discover that sampled artist or genre. As a producer, you obviously listen to a lot of records. You sample a lot of stuff. Have you ever been put on to an artist? Like, really become a fan? Of of an artist or a genre based on it being sampled? All the time. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a hard one because there's literally hundreds of answers. Um, it's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to have some meaning behind it. I could name a million, but um, I would say... Uh, I'm going to just keep it simple because it's like my favorite song of all time, but Bobby Caldwell, What You Won't Do For Love. Crazy. Yeah. What? When did you realize that Bobby Caldwell was a white man? That's another like mind-blowing moment as well. <laughs> really early because I had the vinyl in the 90s, so I was a kid. So you knew. You knew. It was It was still yeah. probably a little shocking, but th th this... Not, every I mean, couple really. No. I think it's only shocking for people that like didn't know their whole life and then they find out when they're like, you know, older, but no, nah, I knew early. So we have reached our final round. The final round is called Time's Up. It's our speed round and you will have 90 seconds to answer five questions in the category of your choosing. Here are tonight's categories. 2011 was a decade ago. Producer compilations or third album vision. You get to pick which round you want to uh, you want to go for in this final round. Stat. Two thousand eleven was a decade ago. Two thousand eleven was a decade ago. What was your life like in two thousand eleven? What do you remember about two thousand eleven? It was really fun, man. Like that was a time where 
if you came to the crib, like you would bump into Freddie Gibbs, Action Bronson, uh, MOP, Saigon, Slane, Term, of course, like the whole show off crew was in there. But like there was so much emerging artists coming through there, like on a regular basis. And then uh, 2011, shit, uh, Mac Miller, rest in peace. Um, mm. There was just so many. It was crazy, man. It was a great crazy time. Times. It's it's crazy to think that that was a decade ago. Well, does it feel that long ago for you, or does it feel like like yeah? It feels that long ago. <laughs> yeah, it feels that long ago. Life life is different now for you. Like life, yeah, life a is lot different. different. Um, we were, we were wilding back then. Was, I think I'm pretty sure it's different for everybody that I just named them back then. It's just yeah, we were like partying like on a. That was definitely the, the most partying I ever did in my life was probably 2011. All right. Well, we'll see how your memory is then. So we have 90 seconds on the clock here. You're going to have 90 seconds to answer uh, five questions. They are not multiple choice. If you don't know the answer, you can say pass and we'll come back to it. But if you answer incorrectly, that question is done. So that's, uh, that's just your warning to answer carefully. I'm going to put 90 seconds on the clock here. You ready to do this step? Yeah. All right. Here we go. In 2011, this actor directed the Tribe Called Quest documentary, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Michael Rappaport. That is correct. All right. This group released a concept album in 2011. Yeah. This group, we'll talk about it. This group released a concept album in 2011 in which the LP's entire story was told backwards. Uh... In 2011, the LP story was told back. We're pass. All right, we're going to pass. Name one of the guests featured on Kendrick Lamar's 2011 album, Section 80. Uh, uh, Absol. Absol is correct. All right. Common's ninth album, The Dreamer, The Believer, was produced entirely by this producer. Kareem Riggins? Kareem Riggins is incorrect. It was no ID. Eminem um, helped this auto manufacturer create a 2011 Super Bowl ad that boosted the company's first quarter sales. What was the auto manufacturer? Ford? that? It was Chrysler. Okay, we're going to go back. Who was the group that released a concept album in 2011 where the whole story was told backwards? Uh, I probably know this too, but pass. All right, he's going to pass. So... We have reached the end here. Let's go over the questions that you got incorrect. Well, first, you got Michael Rappaport correct. Not a big fan of the Tribe Doc, you were saying? So-so? No, I'm in it. Oh, you're in it. I thought you said you weren't into it. I was like, oh. Okay. Nah, nah, I'm in it. I'm in it multiple times. I'm in a DJing for Kanye one scene. I'm in another scene. I'm DJing for Tip at UCLA. That's right. I was there for, like, all that arguing between Tip and Fife on Rock the Bells. Like, I was oh, there for Oh, my God. I'm, only in, I'm probably in, like, three scenes. You're, and you're probably in the credits as well, right? Where they show everybody like, yeah. giving their shouts. Um, the group in 2011, they put out an album where the story was told backwards. It was the Roots Undone album. They, it was a thing where- You know the, what? I knew that. The song I don't starts, know why the hell I didn't do it, The final round. People get people get nervous. It's, it's all good. No, nah, but I love that album too. It's underrated. I definitely think so. I think a lot of people- That joint has like uh, Lighthouse on it, right? Yep, Lighthouse is on there. They got the joint with Fonte. So, so at that time when Lighthouse came out, Dice Raw came over and we did a whole album and it never came out. And I don't know what's going Like me and Dice Raw just have a whole album sitting somewhere. Well, come on, put it out. Or is it more on Dice? Is that yeah. the issue? 
Uh, no, nah, I think it's on both of us. I, I gotta, I gotta dig up those records. Got it. Um, all right. We got, uh, yeah, you were correct. Absol was on section 80 along with GLC, schoolboy Q, BJ, the Chicago kid, a bunch of people. The producer who produced commons, the dreamer, the believer was no ID. He did all of the beats on that album. Um, that's you know, I didn't know that. Like most of these I like knew, I didn't know no ID did that whole album. Cause obviously I know no ID did the first couple of, uh, common albums, but I didn't know he did that one. Well, listen, no matter what, if we can give you a little piece of hip hop trivia to walk away with today, we've done our job. No matter what happens, you're still stat select. Like, you know, you're going to walk away a winner <laughs> from this regardless. Uh, the last question or the last the last answer was Eminem did a Super Bowl ad in 2011 with Chrysler. It was this whole like yeah, music video it. dramatic thing. It was it was a big deal. I'm going to total up your score. But again, stat, I want you to know that, you know, you obviously are a champion in our hearts and our eyes. Uh, I have one more question for you. We always like to ask yeah. people who've been on the show, now that you've been in the hot seat here, who would you recommend or nominate or challenge? Who should we get on next? Who's somebody that you know that you think we should hit up to get on here? I mean, have you had Primo on yet? You got to get Primo. You know, Questlove, who's a former guest on the show, there, there's an interesting story. When we, the questions, this show first started as a live event here in LA. And the first show that we ever did, uh, Peanut Butter Wolf and the Stones Throw staff came and they were playing live. It was like audience gets to play. And at the end of the show, Peanut Butter Wolf was still there and he pulled out his phone and he showed us his phone and he was in this group chat. He was like, I've been sending screenshots to all my friends. And it was Just Blaze and Questlove and DJ Premier. And they were all like, yo, we want to play. What the fuck is this? Fast forward like a year and a half, two years later, the pandemic hits and we switch to this online format now where we play with people and we don't have to wait for a static selector to come to L.A. We could play with you, you know, from, from the crib. We've gotten a lot of people from that group chat and Questlove has helped hooked it up. He got a Salam Remy. We've had Questlove. We've had Just Blaze. We have not had DJ Premier. I hit Ian once. He, he kind of like he said, I'll let you guys know. Didn't get back. I need to follow up because we need to get Primo on this show. Yeah, so, Primo is like because he does this to people like you'll be in the studio with him and he'll go, what do you know about this? And like he does his own trivia with people. I mean, I, I would say that I would probably be more intimidated having to answer hip hop trivia from DJ Premier than myself. So, uh, but, but yes, I would, I would hop at the chance. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to clip this out. We're going to put it in there. Primo status, stat, static selector is challenging you to come Wait, on you gotta the, do the show. You got to do it. Did you have a good time stat? Yeah, man. I appreciate it. You had a good time. You learned some stuff. So you got 11 out of 15, right? I want to tell you who you're in the 11 club with, just so you know, who, who your peers are here. Uh, former guests of the show who have scored 11 out of 15, Marco Polo, Salam Remy, El Desense, J-Live, Russell Peters, Chub Rock, Lyrics Born, Homeboy Sandman, Mr. C, DJ Mighty Mai, 7L, Kim Osorio from The Source, Diallo Riddle. I mean, the 11 Club is a great place to be, is what I'm just letting you know. Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't want you to feel like a slouch. Um, what do you have coming? What do you have going, coming up next that you want the people to know about? I know you said you're working on the tenth album right now. Uh, what, what's next? What yeah. should people be on the lookout for from Stat? I got a lot of uh, a lot of projects coming, man. Like I'd say, there's at least seven like in the works right now. But the the next big big thing is um, my album with Two Chains has been highly anticipated for years. We're finally yes. wrapping it up. Top of the year, it'll be out. Um, my album's following that. 
and then I got projects coming with a bunch of people I can't say. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, check me out. I mean, I'm on tonight in about an hour and 15 minutes. I'm on Shade 45 every Thursday night. Um, you can catch me on Twitch here and there throughout the week. Um, I've been DJing a lot. I got like four gigs this weekend in the city here in New York and just uh, a lot of records coming out. Like I got a lot of placements on different people's albums that, you know, a lot of it's top secret, but uh, some really exciting stuff coming. Amazing. Well, we're here for all of it. Stat, I want to thank you again, not just for coming on the show, but for all of your contributions to the game. Again, you know, just a super pivotal player in, in, in the, in the culture, in the scene. And I really appreciate it. So thanks for taking the time. Thank you, man. Yeah. Much love. And there we have it. Another episode of The Questions Hip Hop Trivia. Straight out the archives. Forever cemented in your podcast library. Uh, Big shout out again to Static Selective for taking the time to do this last year. Uh, It was a good episode. Good show. I always love having producers on. They provide a lot of great anecdotes. Uh, because they're fans, just like we all are. All these people who have come on the questions are fans. It's something that I love about doing this show is just getting to geek out with people who are not only great practitioners and participants in the music, but they're also fans. So, again, big shout out to Stat. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been enjoying any of these episodes, please uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate it, share it with a friend, spread the word, do all those cool things. Visit questionshiphop.com. You'll find links to our mailing list, our social media channels, our YouTube channel, our Patreon. And anytime anything is happening and there are some really cool things on the horizon, you will be the first or among the first to know about it. The questions is produced, written, and hosted by your boy. I am your boy in this case, Sean Kantrowitz. The theme is by Midas the Beast and Czarism. The Questions Hip Hop Trivia is a proud member of the Stony Island Audio Network. Amazing array of podcasts if you're into this hip hop thing. So definitely take the time to check out the other programming if you haven't done so already. I'll see you next time. Peace.